Would you like to work closer to home, save money on gas, and be rewarded for your hard work and attendance? Then Belicio Foods is looking for you. That's right, Belicio Foods is now hiring for multiple positions and shifts with great employee benefits, an on-site health clinic, competitive wages, and advancement opportunities. Belicio Foods is a company that truly values their employees. Apply online at BelicioFoods.com slash careers. At Vinton County National Bank, we believe in supporting the areas where we live and work. Now, we'd like to honor those who also serve our communities. Our new Community Champions account is especially for first responders, veterans, active military, and anyone employed in the fields of healthcare or education. This account offers rewards, discounts, and other benefits to those who give so much to others. Vinton County National Bank, rewarding those who serve. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the morning show right here on Main Street TV, where we are here with our good friend Willard, and we're going to be talking about, I don't know why I laugh every time I say this. Um, so you were a guest at the library yesterday. Uh, we'll be today or at today. 6. today. Yes, okay, okay. I don't know why I was thinking it was yesterday. Okay. Well, very, very good. And we are going to be talking about something that we've mentioned a couple times this week, but a cookbook actually, that you have written called Someone's in the Kitchen with Lizzie. And it's Lizzie Borden's Kitchen Hacks and Victorian Recipes. <laughs> You're sick and twisted. Uh, yeah. Well, I just uh, hope some of her recipes will get you in the swing of things. <laughs> <laughs> all the puns intended yes, today. Yes, all puns Every are intended. Every single one of them. All puns are intended today. No, this is so cool. And um, so we have so much to talk about with this book. And and Willard, you um, are a native of, if I remember right, you're from Wellston, right? Actually from Portsmouth. From and Portsmouth. Uh, okay. I've lived in the Jackson-Wellston area for nearly 20 years. I so. was going to say, it's been a while since we've met, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> a time or two. We'll say a few years ago. A few years ago. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, okay, so you are speaking at the library tonight at 6. At 6, yes. And it is going to be a very, very fun presentation because... Um, and we've talked about this Lizzie Borden thing a little bit just with the library folks who were in uh, last week to talk about some different things. And um, as soon as they mentioned that you had written a, a book, a cookbook <laughs> that was called Kitchen Hacks, <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. And this is so it's not funny, but it's funny. It is. Yes. Uh, we're over 130 years Past it, we we don't think it's funny because two people lost their lives in a grisly murder. No, but the irony—I I would say irony—rather than funny. Yes, yeah, just the whole absurdity of yes. the story is, um, and it has continued on. And honestly, a hundred and and some years later, um, you know, Lizzie has obviously passed on. And so nobody's ever going to know the, the truth no, of what actually no. happened. But so let's start way back when a hundred plus years ago. And, and what do you know? Why, why would you write a cookbook about Lizzie Borden? 
I wanted to present to readers a woman who was real, not just a woman from the jump rope rhyme or uh, Elizabeth Montgomery, bless her heart. She was my favorite Lizzie. If you've ever seen the 1975, the... Uh, Legend of Lizzie Borden, Elizabeth Montgomery played a beautiful Lizzie Borden. But oh, the, no, I have not seen that. The story was really off, and it painted, uh, like a lot of stories do, it painted Abby and Andrew Borden in villainous roles, almost as if they got what they deserved, which I thought was unfair. And uh, Christina Ricci is... Uh-huh. Uh, today's Lizzie Borden, but they went way out making her a serial killer. And uh, oh God. I I wanted to keep with true facts yeah. and present Lizzie as a Sunday school teacher, which she was, and she belonged to uh, the Benevolent Society. She belonged to the Women's Christian Temperance Movement. Uh, she taught Sunday school to Chinese immigrants. She was a good lady. She wasn't the monster that uh, TV and books make her to be. Whether she did it or not, I don't know. But I just wanted to show people a different side of Lizzie. Yeah, no, and I think that that's right. Because, again, this story is so out there that I can see where it's super easy for folks to take part of it and run with it. Yes. And they did. And, and, and they have numerous it. times, yes. numerous times. Um, okay. So let's go way back and then we'll get into the book because you can purchase this. Yes, you can. And it's super cool. And Willard here is local. So it's really cool that you're supporting a local um, author and artist, but um, so let's go back and do you mind like, like telling the story? Because I don't mind at all. I, I know, you know, everyone's heard the, the nursery rhyme about the 40 wax and the 41 and all that stuff, which is actually yeah. pretty funny, but it's not funny. Yes. Uh, and almost none of that uh, rhyme is true. It just happened to be a nice rhythmic Right. So we do double dutch to we, it. Yes. Yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> and the fact that little children were, were doing this is just which probably, even more absurd. Which probably uh, broke Lizzie's heart because she loved children. And to uh, after she was acquitted to be walking down the street and kids pointing at her and uh, singing that verse, it probably broke her heart. Oh, I'm sure. I'm quite sure. Okay, so let's if you if you don't mind, kind of give the the story of of Lizzie Borden and how she became so sure. infamous. Sure, Lizzie Andrew Borden was born in 1860, about five years before the Civil War. Wow. Uh, her biological mother Sarah passed away when Lizzie was three, and her oldest sister Emma was about 12 years old. Okay. Uh, Andrew, their father, was a prosperous businessman. He was president of the bank. He was a carpenter. He was an undertaker. But back then, undertaker doesn't mean that you embalm bodies. You just provided uh, chairs and the coffin and you set up. But uh, he was not an embalmer. But he was... Uh, Worth about seven million dollars back then. Uh, in today's money. Oh, okay. In, I was like, whoa. <laughs> the Bordens did live below their means, which uh, Lizzie and Emma deeply resented. I uh, read about that. He was yes. a cheapskate. He, <laughs> yes and no. Uh, he sent Lizzie the 
and Emma had a a clothing allowance. They went to their own uh, seamstresses. They had custom made dresses. He sent Lizzie on a 19 week tour of Europe, so he couldn't have been too stingy. Gotcha. But they didn't have what was it? No, indoor they plumbing and no, water. No, they didn't have. In, in, <laughs> they had a uh, privy downstairs, a two seater, and one outside. So the Borden girls resented that. He later remarried uh, a lady named uh, Abby Durfrey Gray, and she raised Lizzie by the time she was three. But after uh, falling out, uh, Lizzie referred to her as Mrs. Borden, as did her daughter, uh, Emma. They all called her Mrs. Borden. They oh. resented her. They would not take meals with uh, their parents. They would uh, take meals upstairs, and there was a lot of friction in the home. And then interesting. Lizzie was 32 years old uh, in the summer of August the 4th, 1892, Somebody, we don't know if it was Lizzie or not, but somebody came into the house. Abby was upstairs uh, making a bed in the guest room. They struck her with a hatchet 19 times, Okay, uh, one in the side of the head. She faced her attacker, so Abby knew who was attacking her. She fell flat, and uh, the person, whoever did it, uh, hit her 19 more times, so uh, she didn't get the 40 wax. Dang it. And I now, guess 40 sounds funnier than 20. It does. <laughs> and then about a half hour later, uh, Andrew comes home. He's tired. He rests on the sofa, and the person who attacked him uh, attacked him face forward uh, with the hatchet and gave him about 9 to 10 blows. And it, So not 41? No, it completely... <laughs> Uh, decimated his face. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Lizzie uh, came out of the house screaming, uh, calling for the maid, Bridget, to go get a doctor. Somebody's killed father. There was an investigation, and Lizzie was the only one in the house, so naturally the suspicion fell on her. There was an inquisition, and uh, the judges talked to her, and they said, you are probably guilty, so she was jailed in New Bedford, Massachusetts for nearly a year. Oh, really? Nearly a year, which she had her meals catered. She had her seamstresses coming and doing her hair, doing her clothes. So uh, think Martha Stewart in prison. Yes, right, right. (laughs) Uh, That next year in 1893, she had a sensational trial People from all over the world were like, there. Wor- I mean, it was worldwide known. And, yeah. you know, back then you didn't have TV and social media no. and all of this stuff. So how did that happen? It it, it just spread like wildfire because no, nobody wanted to believe that uh, this, they called her a spinster, which is a cruel name. She's 33 years old at this time, but unmarried. uh, They said she was a dowdy spinster, and how could this dowdy spinster do such a horrific crime? Uh, Lizzie spent the time during her trial fanning herself. At one point, they removed uh, the uh, 
skulls of her parents that uh, were preserved to show the oh, jury and Liz, Lizzie fainted, which I, I wouldn't blame her. And people felt sorry for her. The jury was all men. Uh, they had the mindset of a woman wouldn't be smart enough to do this. A woman wouldn't be strong enough to do this. Good for her. Good for her. So, yeah, it was good for her. Good for her, a bunch of sexist pigs. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) She had a dream team of uh, the former uh, governor of Massachusetts was her defender. Okay. And in about 15 days, half hour jury deliberation, uh, they came out and they found her to be not guilty, to which uh, Lizzie screamed with elation and she was a free woman. However, the city that once had her back turned on her. Really? They they absolutely did. Maybe it was some of the things that they heard in evidence. She and Emma took their inheritance, which was about $7 million. They bought them a lavish home out on the hilltop, as they called it, named it Maplecroft. And Lizzie and Emma lived there in luxury. But Lizzie didn't have the friends anymore that she had. The social circles turned their back on her. She, The Bordens had their own pew in the First Congregational Church uh, with their names on it. She would go to church, and her church friends shunned her. They wouldn't sit. Aww. And she just quit going to church, and she became reclusive. And I could see why. Yes. her. She had a... She had a rift with her sister Emma. Emma moved away after a few years of living at Maplecroft. So neither one of them married. No. Okay. Uh, Lizzie and Emma, after that rift, never spoke again. Really? Never spoke again. Uh, Lizzie donated quite a sizable fund to the Animal Welfare League. Uh, she was a big uh, advocate for animal rights. She. Died in 1927 from complications of a gallbladder surgery. She caught I pneumonia. I saw that. She's only 66 years old. 66 years old. And just a few days later, her sister Emma died. Yeah, I was, of, I was uh, kidney failure. I was trying to read all this before before we started. And um, that's very, they literally died days apart. They did, but they never spoke again. Although uh, it was reported that Emma always uh, spoke kindly of her sister. They, that riff just, just that was just how it was. That's how it was. And now you can go to the very house, the, the where the Borden, the, the murder house where the Bordens live. Yeah. Uh, you can sleep in the bed. It, all the furniture is, uh, of course, it's not the actual furniture, but they've done a very good job of getting period furniture. You can sleep in the room where. Abby was murdered. You can sit on the couch right in the space where Andrew was murdered. You can climb the stairs and feel the railing that Lizzie ran her hand up down uh, many times. And they say that you can feel Lizzie's spirit all around, which could be the power of suggestion. But uh, the Lizzie Borden bed and breakfast gave their full approval uh, on the book and authorized it, and they are selling it in their uh, gift shop. Oh, you're kidding! Aren't you famous? <laughs> Look at you. So, 
how did I'm curious, and maybe you don't know. So I'm looking at the Lizzie Borden House website, uh-huh. and you can book a room. You can it is a bed and breakfast. Yes, you can sleep in Lizzie's room. You can sleep in Emma's oh, room. Oh, thanks, Dylan. Yeah, there it is. And yes, I I saw, and I told I was telling you off the air that the reason I kind of knew about the Lizzie Borden story was not because of that. It was because of that house. Uh-huh. And I had seen a um, thing, and it was like on HGTV or one of them about them going in and restoring the house and and showing things and and showing you know the rooms and yes, all that it, it's stuff. It's been lovingly restored. Matter of fact, they have invited me to come, and uh, they want to start having Victorian dinners, and they have invited me to uh, be uh, on their panel to pick out menus. So I'm excited about that. That is so cool. So, so I'm looking. Um, so October's you, you're you're out of luck. Uh, let's see. Let's see about November. October is their busiest month. That would make sense. Uh, November, there's some rooms available. Let's just click on. Well, let's click on the. Okay, available. I'm just curious. <laughs> They're called the Andrew and Abby Suite, Andrew Jennings Room, Bridget Sullivan Room. What now? Who are those people? Uh, Bridget Sullivan was the maid. She had a uh, an attic room, just a little hovel, really. Okay. Uh, then uh, the Who's Andrew, Andrew Jennings, uh, Andrew Jackson oh, Borden, and Abby were the mother and step. Okay. And then who's Bridget Sullivan? She was the, the maid. The, uh-huh. the maid. Yeah, then, they called her Maggie. They didn't care for her enough to use her real name. And back then, Maggie was kind of a uh, pejorative, oh, cool. uh, uh, like, uh, you're Irish, so you don't really matter. Oh. So we'll call you whatever. The last maid's name was uh, Maggie, so you're Maggie, too. So Because you're just, you're chattel to us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, who's Hosea Knowlton? Hosea he was the prosecutor. Uh, he, okay. He tried his best, but uh, the uh, Lizzie had a dream team of defense, which cost her plenty, but uh, in the end, it worked out for her. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, the Lizzie and Emma suite is, uh, don't, yeah, you ain't, you ain't staying there <laughs> anytime <laughs> soon. That is so interesting. So, I guess I'm curious, how did you, Willard, how did you, you know, what's the fascination with Lizzie Borden or is it just you saw the story or, you know, have you, have you always been interested in her? I have back in when I was 10 years old, I watched uh, the uh, 1975. It was a made for TV movie on ABC starring Elizabeth Montgomery. And that's Uh, the, um, the bewitched girl. Yes. And uh, she, played a wonderful Lizzie. And, uh, matter of fact, in uh, one scene, uh, uh, Abby Borden said, Lizzie's Princess Lizzie. She can just twist anybody's arm behind their back and get what she wants. And Elizabeth Montgomery said, if I weren't a Christian Mrs. Borden, I would twist your arm right out of its socket and just uh, <laughs> something that you wouldn't expect from uh, Elizabeth right. Montgomery. Right, but, who was all sweet. And, but yeah. uh, again, even though that was uh, my favorite, uh, they really veered from Yeah, you said I, they really twisted the they story. They did. And 
I to was, make it more sensational, I guess. Yes, they did. And I was hooked. And I did a report on her when I was in seventh grade. And from then on, I've always uh, been fascinated with true crime. And uh, to this day, nobody knows who killed Andrew and Abby. It was what they call a closed room murder. Nobody will ever know any anybody's guess is as good as another. And my sweet wife, uh, Lisa Ford. She was my muse and she has been behind me the whole time, uh, encouraging me. And she said, honey, you should write a book. And she actually designed the cover for me. This is so fun. And, uh, I had a renowned photographer come in, Everett Reeves. He did all of our photography. Okay. Uh, Christy Skaggs Reeve did, uh, the artwork for us. Um, we had locals like, uh, Mel Christian uh, came in to play Andrew, and Melissa Boggs came in to play Abby. And uh, according to the Lizzie Borden uh, bed and breakfast, uh, Emily Boggs is the new face of Lizzie Borden now. So you'll, oh. you'll have uh, Elizabeth Montgomery, you'll have Christina Ricci, and uh, she is the new face of Lizzie Borden. Wow, that is wild. So you decided to, what made you decide to do a cookbook? I read uh, an old article that, uh, where they have Lizzie's meatloaf recipe preserved. And I thought, you know what? This woman probably enjoyed cooking and enjoyed food. Contrary to popular belief, they didn't just eat spoiled mutton all the time. They had good food. Uh, they went to fine restaurants. Uh, Lizzie... Uh, was uh, very uh, generous with her friends. Uh, they went to Boston. They went to Rhode Island. They uh, had a seaside uh, resort uh, that uh, Andrew owned. And I just don't see her just sitting and eating breadcrumbs and staying in a dark corner because she was not a recluse. Uh, she was not a hated woman. She was kind of like the Paris Hilton, if you will. Sure. Uh, and I wanted... I've always loved cooking, and for about four years, I've done some ghostwriting for a chef's uh, blog on the internet. I have a lot of experience in writing and okay. uh, modernizing recipes, so I thought, why not take my love of history, my uh, fascination with Lizzie Borden, my love of cooking, and combine them. Love all and, of that. And my wife, Lisa... Uh, she was the tech brain behind it because I'm not technical. And <laughs> I get that. My uh, sister, Angela Orvitz, uh, helped me with some editing. Uh, she and uh, my mother, Juanita Ford, and uh, local Barbara West helped me with costuming. And we actually did the photo so shoot fun. at the uh, Restored Haslet Mansion. Okay, that would... <laughs> That would be appropriate. Yes, it would be. Yeah, for sure. Um, so where did you, how did you pick the recipes that would be in your cookbook? I did a lot of research. I, I owned uh, several uh, vintage cookbooks, uh, some very old ones that go back to uh, the early 1800s. I uh, picked through recipes that I thought would be easy to modernize. You're not going to want uh, 
to say, oh, I've got to have a slow oven and just add a pinch of this and a poke of that. Oh, my Which, gosh. Yeah. That's how cookbooks were yes. written. Yeah, very vague. Uh, just uh, whip it enough to where it looks right to you. I had to yeah. do I had to do some recipe testing to see wh- what exactly uh what something looks right should be. I have um my grandmother and great-grandmother's cookbooks and um yeah, I thought one day, well, I'll just get and of course they're very fragile, so I'm very protective of it, but I thought, "Oh, I'll just flip to a page someday and just make something." And I started reading them and I'm like, they don't really say much. Yeah, what's a fast oven? Yeah. <laughs> they um and then my mom was we were talking about cooking one day and she's like, Oh yeah. She's like, back then it was well, you you just um fill up the blue bowl halfway and then you take the green, you know, thing and mm-hmm. you it, there there was no like measurement. It was no. just that bowl was what we knew was that much and <laughs> Okay, so if you don't have the blue bowl, I don't know what to nope, tell you. Nope, you don't. <laughs> and I, uh, it's all categorized by. This is uh, great. And for the uh, those who aren't uh, uh, turtle soup, yes, for, not for the faint of heart. No, uh, we have some offal uh, recipes. Offal meat. So, what is offal meat? Internal organs, okay. which were 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 very big on Victorian tables. You could have uh, a whole boiled uh, pig's Haggis. head or, or a cat's sweet breads head. Sweetbreads and all and that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things that if you would serve your guests, they'd be mortified and disgusted to see a pig's head lying there but on that the was table. A del- but that was a delicacy. Boiled yes. calf's head. Just in case you guys need to know yes. how to cook that, it's and in here. Uh, today, if you would get a calf's head, uh, your butcher, uh, would trim it for you, but they trimmed it themselves. So, uh, you could always, uh, uh, hack the head yourself. With a hatchet. Yeah. Hack. Get it? (laughs) Yeah. I heard the crickets. (laughs) I got it. No, and you even have um, lavender, or you have laundry stuff in here, which is really yes, cool. Yes, uh, uh, some of the household. Baked goods? It, it was a lot of work to, if you didn't have running water, to go out to a pump or a creek and haul water in, heat it on a stove, uh, scrub the clothes, wring them out, and then take them to dry. It, it was an all-day thing. Yeah. So that's no wonder why... So many Victorians didn't own a lot of clothes because, could you imagine? How would you like to wash all that? Yeah. And I mean, you think about what the ladies wore. It, well, and the gentlemen, you know, there were layers and layers of garment on yes. you. And uh, stick pins that held things together. And that was another big argument that kind of saved Lizzie from the hangman's noose is how on earth could a woman with so many garments comprising her outfit not to have a spot of blood on her, not on her hands, not on her petticoats, nothing. That, so, I would say that, you know, that would be case closed right there. Because it, you can't, it would take about 45 minutes for a Victorian woman to get dressed. So to change clothes and take, uh, uh, scrub yourself down with water. That would have no never way. happened. No, it could not no, have happened. No. 
So yeah, and and that makes total sense. Um, yeah, in today's time, we just throw on a t-shirt and go, but yes. not back then. Um, so no, this is really cool. So where did you come up? So there is an actual Lizzie Borden recipe in here for yes. her meatloaf. Yes. And where did you find that? It belongs to uh, the actual one is housed in the Fall River Historical Society. I found a newspaper in the uh, article in the Boston Globe that had a reprint of it. So uh-huh. I was given permission to reprint it. And then uh, with apologies to Lizzie, I modernized it because uh, it too vague. Yeah. Now, was there, I, I haven't read the recipe. Is it, is it like what we would consider a normal meatloaf or is yes. it, are there different uh, uh, items in it? Ground steak. Uh, you couldn't go to the store and buy a pack of hamburger and a pack of sausage. You bought meat and you ground, ground it, it yourself. Yeah. Yes. Uh, ground steak, ground pork, uh, nine sheets of crackers, uh, soda crackers, <laughs> which I'm assuming crackers back then were sold in sheets. So, uh, okay. probably a pack of crackers yeah. and, uh, herbs of choice, herbs of choice, herbs of choice. uh, probably whatever they had growing, whatever at that they moment. had. Yes. Sure. Uh, food was always fresh then, uh, mm-hmm. because you had to get what was growing there or go to the market and they are, uh, close to the Atlantic ocean. So the seafood was always fresh. Sure. Spoiled. Yes. I know you talk to people that live live by the ocean. They're like, oh god, if I eat another lobster, then we're all like, oh, <laughs> such suffering. Yes, right. <laughs> very, very funny. Well, this is so awesome, and we are so proud of you for you know for writing this book, and um, and it's really cool that it's local. There's local people in it. Yes. And then all of the research that you've done, um, is there anything else that you can learn about Lizzie, you know, that you don't already know, do you think? Oh, uh, I've just scratched the surface there. There's no such thing as getting a degree in Lizzie Borden or anything, but there are experts and actual attorneys who have studied for years, uh, and nobody... Nobody's nobody really, still knows. No. Well, okay. So here's my thought, like in going back to the murders and, you know, I was sitting here thinking about it. Um, number one, you, you don't murder someone with a hatchet and you hit them once and you run like this was yes. like a, this a was, crime of passion. This situation. was rage. And, Absolute and then, rage. then they waited. Yes. And then did it again. Yes. Uh, about a half hour to 45 minutes, uh, we're hypothesizing that hiding somewhere in the house, there are no uh, hallways in the house to, per se. So you can see, uh, Lizzie could have seen anybody come in. The maid was out washing windows. So uh, she would have seen somebody coming in the house. It's a closed, uh, it's a closed room mystery because... You just wonder, and they, of course, they didn't have DNA and whatever. No, are there any scraps of there are. DNA that that were you know still available to test? There are, but uh, they would have to uh, uh, exhume exhume uh, Lizzie, and I'm sure that 
they wouldn't want to do that. But you can go to the Fall River Historical Society. Uh, they have Abby's kerchief that she was wearing, still stained with her blood. Uh, uh, the apron that she was wearing, the little pinafore, uh, is there stained with her blood. And uh, Abby was wearing a fake braid uh, to put her hair up in. And the braid's there. It's a human hair braid. Interesting. But they didn't have the DNA. Yeah. If they could go and do some uh, searching with uh, Lizzie's remains, they might clear her even further. But nobody's going to do that. Yeah, you're right. And it's sad, too, Jennifer, because this is nearly 130 years past us. And imagine today in Jackson or Wellston that two senior citizens, a husband and wife, right. were viciously hacked to death. Yes. Uh, we would be outraged. And- well, it would be worldwide news. I mean, it would it would be, which it was back then even, but it would be, no one would rest until there was a conclusion to yeah. it. Yeah, but once they cleared Lizzie, maybe... Uh, Maybe she put a hush on it. Uh, it's odd that her maid, Bridget Sullivan, who didn't have a penny to her name, automatically uh, turned up in Montana owning a big uh, ranch and farm. And so who knows? It's just all so fascinating. And I can see why, you know, you've really been drawn to this story over the years. There's only... One person uh, who knows uh, who did it, and that person is gone. So, I would think so, unless they're one hundred and thirty <laughs> plus years old. You know, and that's—it's just so. so at one crazy. point, they at one point they had thought that Jack the Ripper had uh, come over from England and was starting to kill in America. That oh, was, that was one one thing. Thought there. that would have been very—I don't know. That's another closed room mystery for uh i had somebody actually ask me why are you promoting and writing about uh a killer uh, why are you doing that uh well number one uh she wasn't found to be a, a killer sure uh number two this is about food and <laughs> it's not about packs. yes yes it? <laughs> and it's not about the murders and uh, if you don't like it, scroll along. <laughs> exactly. Be gone with you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think it's so clever. I think I, I just, again, when I saw the book, I just busted out laughing. And it's not a funny story, but it's so absurd that it's funny. And tonight at six o'clock at yes. the library, uh, everybody's welcome to come. You can meet please. Lizzie. Yes, please. You can meet Lizzie. You can have your picture taken with her. You can meet Abby. Uh, They'll be uh, uh, serving up uh, cookies made uh, from the recipe book. And and I promise you there's no prussic acid in it. Okay. I was going to say, are you going to taste them first Yes, I will taste one first. (laughs) But uh, I'll have books there to available for purchase and signing. Very cool. I love that so much. This is such a great story. I have one other question. So sure. the sister, was she ever thought of as, as part of the murder? Emma, the day before, uh, was out of town visiting friends. She had a 
ironclad alibi. Okay. But uh, people still said, well, maybe she sneaked into town and did it, but that's really absurd. Uh, she was notified by telegram that uh, her parents had been murdered. She came back. Uh, people were often taken aback because when they told Lizzie, we're talking about her mother, instead of grieving, she said, she's not my mother. She's my stepmother. Lizzie never wore full mourning, which was upsetting to people. She wore her regular Victorian clothes. I got full, full mourning would have meant uh, all black and the heavy veils and everything. Lizzie didn't do that, but Emma did. Mm. And it just continues yeah. on. And it's also worth noting uh, her doctor, right after the murders, started giving her doses of morphine to calm her nerves. Uh, she was on morphine the entire time during the trial and in prison, so... Yeah, morphine's going to make you forget details. and I would think, yeah, you go to la-la land pretty yes, quick. Yes, yes. Yeah. Huh. And they said, shame on you, you don't even cry, but uh, she uh, claimed uh, nobody sees me when I'm alone. and We all grieve differently, so that... I mean, I think that's a fair statement. Yeah, that was kind of cruel. And I think maybe someday history might uh, be a little kinder to her. But uh, who knows? You know, you don't know. And, and, you know, but without people like you continuing on, you know, this is all part of our history, right? Yes. Whether good, bad, or yes. or indifferent, whatever. Um, so good for you for keeping this story al al alive. That was bad. Oh. I didn't mean that one. <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, I mean, for, for continuing on, having the discussion about it, um, Understanding that it probably wasn't very funny back then when no. small children were jumping rope to, to nursery rhymes, making fun of no. the situation. Um, and that's how children deal. They don't know any that's different. How they and, Just like Ring Around the Rosie was uh, them their way of dealing with uh, death from the plague. The right. Children just, that's play therapy for them. Yeah. But it was, uh, Lizzie felt it was cruel and she changed her name to Elizabeth after the trial because she just kind of wanted to distance. You wonder why she didn't just pack up and get the heck out of Dodge. She uh, loved Fall River. It was her town. Her The Bordens were founding members of uh, that city. Matter of fact, uh, their cousins are the Bordens who started... Uh, the dairy business, uh, Borden's okay, Milk and really? Elmer's Glue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they were uh, their cousins. So she, I didn't do anything and I'm not going anywhere. Okay. But she was still a prisoner yeah. uh, from society. That's really sad. And uh, I want everybody to know this is not Ted Bundy. This is not uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. No. This, this is a, a woman who was found innocent. Uh and just kind of uh, talking about what she would have been through and her everyday life. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so recipes from, you know, when she would have been there and whatever. Yes. And I still buy by your um, clothing theory because there is no way. No. Uh, in the uh, Elizabeth Montgomery movie, they had her uh, doing the murders in the nude, but... How on earth could she have? 
there was no running water, how could she have scrubbed herself and then redressed because often women had to have help. Sure. To, to dress, there's no way within a half hour of, between one death and the other, yeah. there's no way. No. There's no way. Absolutely not. And I think that's, uh, I don't know, that to me is kind of the She did, case her closed. neighbor did uh, find her burning uh, a dress uh, a couple of days after the murders. She said uh, it has paint stains on it and it's ruined, so I'm just going to burn it, which uh, was a silly thing for Lizzie to do. That yeah. came out. Kind of, yeah. But... It's all up in the air. But you could make that argument, too, that, well, she just wasn't thinking about trying to prove her innocence or whatever. So The beauty, the beauty of our country is uh, you can't be convicted uh, if there is just one shadow of a doubt. Yeah. And there was uh, too many doubts for them to. Sure. Being in a house isn't doesn't make you a murderer. No. Or being home. You know? No. No, it doesn't. I got she you. said I was out in the barn. Uh, first, I was ironing handkerchiefs. Then I was out in the barn eating pears. So there's a very good recipe for a pear tart in there. I was there. going to ask yes. you if there's anything to do with pears yes. in here. Yes, there is. <laughs> We're both sick and twisted, aren't we? <laughs> no, this is wonderful. And Willard, we're so um, impressed with what you have done here. Um, are you working on anything new? Um, I am. I am working with uh, another uh, author in Columbus. We are working on a book about a a woman who meets a uh, former SS soldier and falls in love with him, and then finds out later. Uh, oh, but that's that's something in the works now. And there's no recipes in that one. No. Huh? no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, very good. Well, I know that you're very, very busy and we can uh, let you get out of here, but we want to oh, thank such you a pleasure. so much for spending your morning with us and bringing this book in. And um, if you are more interested in Lizzie's story or what Willard has to say about it, uh, please come to the library tonight. You can get copies of this book. Someone's in the kitchen with Lizzie, Lizzie Borden's Kitchen Hacks. And Victorian Recipes by Willard Ford, of course. And uh, it is available here. Now, if people can't make it tonight, where can they purchase the book? You can go to Amazon Books okay. and purchase it right now. And uh, we, right now, we're the number one cookbook in uh, New England. So, No, are you kidding? <laughs> that is so awesome. Good for you. All right. Well, there you go. Well, Come to the library tonight, 6 p.m. You can meet Willard. And then you have a couple of other um, uh, places you're going to be, too. Yes, I'm going to be at the Portsmouth Public Library uh, on uh, October 26th at 4 o'clock. Uh, we're going to be at the Haslett Mansion. We're going to be having a uh, book signing there. Uh, we're going to be at uh, Happenings Bistro, do a book signing there, and uh, just uh, make... Uh, Share some real killer recipes. <laughs> <laughs> we are sick and twisted. Yes, we are. <laughs> and may I say, uh, uh, you look the same as you did when I met you years ago. So oh it, it, it's, it's, a it's a pleasure. You're awfully sweet. That is so kind of you. Yeah, we've known each other for quite a long yes. time. And 
and uh, been through some adventures. So um, congratulations on this book. It's super cool. And we thank you for spending your morning. Thank with you, us. Jennifer. Yes, absolutely. Hey, hey, real quick. I'm pretty late, but. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Dylan. <laughs> Where was that the whole time we were talking? <laughs> <laughs> he's goofy all right well let's throw that weather forecast up we'll let willard get out of here and then i have um some little trivia for dylan to do over here so thank you thank you come out to the library tonight thank all right. you the weather forecast a little bit all over the place but if you um are digging the warm warmer weather thank you all um, it is going to be absolutely gorgeous the next couple of days. These beautiful fall temperatures are continuing on for today. Um, some sunshine, they say early, a little bit of clouds moving in later on today. Highs of 77, lows of 49. So it looks like your plants are still safe out there for right now anyway. Tomorrow on your, while well, this is appropriate, Friday the 13th, uh, a little bit, just a hair warmer, some sunshine, highs of 78, lows of 57. And then that um, that front that's been moving across the country with all the rain in it is going to hit us on Saturday, um, which means a little bit cooler temperatures, but still not too bad for this time of the year. And there is definitely some rain in the forecast, but we could actually use that. So we're not going to complain about that. And... Um, yeah, so highs in the mid-50s or so, lows down into the lower 40s. So there you go. Hi, Dylan. Hey. How are you? I'm tired. Yeah? <laughs> I wore myself out over the yesterday just running around doing stuff. Well, that's... College that's, exams. Uh, I get it. College exams suck. They do. They, they are awful. They're like brain numbing. And they're like, they trick you because like you think you're almost done. Like it's a 40-question quiz. You hit like question 30. You're like, okay. I'm almost done. This has been easy. And then they throw out the hardest questions and it's like a text response and it just, uh, it's so hard. It's a tough thing. All right. So question, would you, or would you not spend the night in Lizzie Borden's house? I would not. That would just be weird. You think where I the did. murders happened and I all mean, that? some people like that stuff, but hey, me, there's I, a I'd whole run. lot of people that have, uh, obviously are, are booking it up. Would you do that? Sure, why not? Yeah, if, I don't think I would. Yeah, if you try want if you want to stay in the Andrew and Abby suite, uh, yeah, not yeah. happening anytime soon. So I guess to me, I would want to know though. Um, like, I mean, are there modern amenities and stuff? Like, I don't want to, you know, not have some running water and stuff. But I assume <laughs> that they have made it. Uh, very modern now that would be pretty tough if like there is just nothing like it's exactly the same as it was like Can what like 150 years ago go out to the creek and and you know wash your face um yeah there there are definitely um it's like the uh under the hatchet basement you may enter only through the basement door at the back of the house Walk straight until you encounter a barn door on your left between two brick walls. Do not venture into the employee-only areas at the end of the basement and the washer-dryer area. Yeah, see, it Super sounds kind of scary and seems kind of scary, but really, I mean, if she was innocent, then it's just like it's just a house. <laughs> well, right? Actually, no, I guess two people did still die there. So I mean, that, that's I, still yeah, kind of freaky. That's kind of a little creepy. They actually have a... Um, 
a house tour as well that you can take. Um, you can tour inside the basement of the house where the believed murder weapon, the axe, was found and see the most haunted section of the house, usually off-limits to guests. Only the extended tour will take you to the basement. Mm. I'm just doing that, like, to be scary. It sounds scary. Yeah. So anyway, you can stay in the Lizzie Borden house. Yeah, I mean, I've just always been someone who kind of stays away from the scary stuff. Like, my cousins, when we were little, they go and watch, like, scary movies, like Freddy Krueger and stuff, and I'd just be watching Spongebob, like, the, the Spongebob Halloween special <laughs> so is more my So you're big fat wuss is what you're saying. Yeah. I'm not just a fan a of the scary stuff. a big wimp. I mean, I did watch a scary movie recently. I, I can't remember what it was called, but it was, like, basically, like, this haunted demon, like, came out and, like, possessed somebody. Uh-huh. And it started, like, possessing multiple people, and it was just freaky. Oh, oh I no. bet that's Willard's phone. Oh, uh, uh, I should probably go bring that to him. Probably should go get that to oh, him. I see Willard. There he is. Come on in, buddy. <laughs> We're like, what is making that noise? <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're fine. <laughs> see, he got all entranced in his story. He forgot his phone. Okay, so I was looking up things this morning because I, I thought to myself, like, you know, October is, you know, we're already almost mid-October, right? Well, what do you think of when it comes to October? You think of spooky things and you think Scary of Halloween, stuff. right? Mm -hmm. So I was like, I wonder if there's like any new fangled like Halloween candy or anything like that that, um, that people are into. So I looked up the most popular Halloween candies um and in general so i'm going to ask you what do you think the most 10 popular halloween candies are in general like just a, and then i have it by state cuz ohio i don't even know what the heck we're thinking in ohio I'm but anyway i'm still thinking candy corn for ohio I don't know why. It just popped in my head, and I'm sticking with it. Okay. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. So nationwide, what do you think the most popular Halloween candies would be? All right. What's gonna, your favorite? Oh, for me, it would be Twix, number one. Ah, me too. Peanut butter Twix. They're good. Yes. Um, strangely enough, Twix is not in the top 10, and I take umbrage with that. Yeah. Do you like um, left or right Twix better? Right. <laughs> Right, Twix always. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's that's a joke. Okay. Nope. Eh. We right. need your buzzer. Oh yeah. Dang it. Okay. All right. Um. This is nationwide. Top ten. Milky Way. Ooh, I hate Milky Way. No, that is not on the uh, list. So you're zero for two. Hmm. All right. Three Musketeers. Uh, no. Yeah. Eh. Oh, right. I'm going to go with some lower level candy that like you would just see in a bag. Um, Smarties. See, I would see, say Smarties. Smarties are one of my favorites, but no, they are not on the list. Man, what are people eating? <laughs> um, Reese <Right>? Cups. <gasps> ding, ding, ding. That's number one. Nice. Yeah. I mean, like, who doesn't love a good Reese cup, right? I don't know. Peanut butter chocolate flavor. Yeah. 
It's good. Reese eggs, by far the best peanut butter to chocolate ratio. Oh, eggs. I didn't even think about that. Reese cup eggs. But oh, that's, no, that's, Easter that's an time. Easter thing. Yeah. But this still might be on there, so I'm going to go for it. No. I'm going to go for it. No, we're talking about Halloween candy. Oh, this is kind of Cadbury egg. No. <laughs> that's Easter candy. I had to give it a shot. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So we got... Reese cups. Yes. You have nine more to go. <laughs> Snickers. Ding, ding, ding. Number 10. Nice. Good job. Um, Kit Kat. Mm. See, I would have guessed Kit Kat. No, that's not on the list. Okay, that's weird. Kit Kats, they should be. I always I got a Kit Kat so. every year. Yeah. Even if sure. it was like one of the little small ones, yeah. we'd always get that. And sometimes yeah. you get the double ones, which is pretty cool. Yeah. But you'd at least get a small one. I'm all about the Kit Kat. Yeah. Oh, lemon heads. Uh, no, but you're kind of close. Think of other something else sour. Sour Patch Kids? Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Nice. That is number five. I always like Which kind of one in the same. All those, all that tart stuff. Oh, um, I okay. I don't know if it was me. Like maybe this isn't nationwide, but I used to always get these fruit roll-ups at Halloween. Yeah. Did you never get those? No. I got them every year. No, not at all. Maybe it was just my block. Maybe it was just a my block thing. Yeah, you have some weird neighbors, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm gonna try and think of some more of the like classic candies. Yeah, think of classic stuff. All right, man, I should just eat more candy. Then I'd yeah. be nailing this. Uh, just kind of stick to coffee. I will give you one. Candy corn is on the top 10 list. And I say, <laughs> candy corn sucks. I used to really like it. And then it started sucking. It's like you try it once or twice and it's good. But once you eat it past that, it just, it's terrible. Candy corn is awful. Yeah, just awful. Um, You've probably see, and this is like funny because this makes me think of my mom because every time we would go to the movies or something, she would get these. And I feel like this is like movie theater um, candy, not Halloween candy. And that's hot tamales. What the heck? What's that? You probably don't even know what hot tamales are, do you? Is that on the top 10 list? Yes. And I don't think of that as Halloween candy at all. I think of that as movie theater candy. Milk duds are movie theater candy. Yeah. Yeah, hot tamales are these, they look like little, um, they're like little red gummy, they look like pill, like capsule pills, and they're um, spicy. They're like like gummy candy, but they're like hot. That just sounds awful. Chris Henry's in in the studio (laughs) here. Hey, buddy. Oh, he just gave us the hand wave. Oh, man, I thought he was going to come in. Dude. We should ask him what his favorite Halloween candy is. All right. So I will, I will, um, I'll go through the list here. So you were talking about some of the like mini candy bars and the only, um, strangely enough to me, the only mini candy bar on there besides Snickers is, um, Hershey bars, just like regular Hershey bars. I should have thought of that. That's a classic. Yeah. So Reese peanut butter cups are number one. M&Ms are number two. Are you an I M&M fan? I didn't even think of M&M's. I'm, I'm just not a fan of them. Okay. Peanut or regular? Regular. So here's the thing. When I get together with my college girlfriends, one of them is obsessed with peanut M&M's, but we put them in the freezer. So they're like a fun like little frozen snack. 
Yeah, I don't really like peanuts, so I have no opinion on that. Yeah, okay. Uh, Number three is the hot tamales. Number four, Skittles. Wait a minute. Number three was hot tamales. Hot tamales, yes. And you don't even know what that is. Like the top three. Yes. Weird. I know. And again, that's movie theater. I don't know. Uh, Number four, Skittles. Number five, Sour Patch Kids. Number six, Starburst. Uh, Number seven, Hershey Kisses. Number eight, Candy Corn. Number nine, the Hershey Mini Bars. And number 10, Snickers. Okay. Yeah. See, I was in a completely different place. Like, I was not thinking, like, Eminem, you know, it's like, I didn't even think of Skittles. I could have thought of Skittles. No, I didn't think of Skittles. I wouldn't have thought of Skittles. Yeah, like, either. that was just not in my mind at all. I was thinking, like, like uh, I don't know, just, like, the the good candy, I guess, to me at least. Yeah, Twix. I'm a plain eater, so, like, Twix I don't like nuts or anything. Yeah, Twix. It's the best. All right, so the 10 worst candies. And I take umbrage with this because they have Smarties at number seven. On the list, and I think that Smarties are probably in my top five yeah, Halloween candies. I agree candies. with that. Like I have Smarties in my house right now. Um, so number one, though, I would certainly agree with Circus Peanuts. See, I love Circus Peanuts. You do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't like peanuts, it's but like I love eating Circus a sponge. Peanuts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a little weird, like chewy, but it tastes good to me. <laughs> it's like everyone used to always stare at me when, like, we go to the movies and I get candy and I grab Circus Peanuts. Ooh. All right. Um, number two. See, they have candy corn on the on the worst list too. Uh, Necco wafers. I would agree with that. They're horrible. Peanut yeah. butter kisses. I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't either. The wax cola bottles. Yeah, those should be on there. Yeah, they're they're pretty bad. Yeah, they're bad. Uh, Mary Jane's. I don't even know what a Mary Jane is. Yeah, me neither. I mean, I know what the other kind of Mary Jane is, but not a candy Mary Jane. Um, then Smarties. Number eight, licorice. So I I would take umbrage with that because I think that Twizzlers. A lot of people like Twizzlers. Yeah, I've always kind of wondered about that. Like black licorice, that is disgusting. Yeah, but, but Twizzlers, like, like the red ones, yeah. they're pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Bitto Honey, have you ever had those? Mm-mm. They're like um, another like little chewy thing. It's like sweet and honey flavored. Yeah, it's got a little bee on it. Yeah, I've never I think he's going that. like this. <laughs> I don't know if there's a bee on it. And then number 10, this could be controversial as well Tootsie Rolls. This is the worst. I don't hate Tootsie Rolls. Yeah, I mean, I, I always like Tootsie Rolls. If I saw that in my Halloween bag, I would get excited. Especially yeah. if it's like the big long ones where it's like a candy bar Twizzler and not just like a little Twizzler bite thing. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I thought I think those are good. Okay. So the most popular Halloween candy in every state. Um, start with Ohio. What would you guess? Ohio. All right. I'm not going to go with candy corn. So um, number one is not on either list that I just mentioned. This is where I'm getting really confused by Ohio's favorite candy in Ohio. Halloween candy. Man, now I'm kind of stuck. I'm going to go with. It comes on a stick. I'll give you that. What the heck? I know. <laughs> um, I can't think of anything that comes on a stick. Well, actually, like a popsicle maybe. That's not candy. That's a popsicle. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I have no ideas. I don't know any candy that just comes on a stick. Blow pops. I mean, I guess suckers are sucker. popular. Yeah. But... Blow pops, number one. 
second place uh, of Ohio most favorite. And this is by USA Today, so it's like legit. Second place in Ohio, M&M's, which were number one last year. And then third place this year is Starburst. I'm like, where's the chocolate, Ohio? Like, what what's going on? Where's the Reese cups? Where's all that stuff? Yeah, I would have thought like Reese cups or Twix would be number one. Yeah, let's or at look. least on the list, you know. Let's look at let's look at our surrounding states. Uh, Kentucky, number one Reese cups, number two hot tamales, and number three Swedish fish. What is wrong with them? I don't know. I mean, at least they got the Reese cup right. Yeah, but Swedish fish and hot tamales, that just, no. Yeah. Uh, West Virginia, just so you know, I would concur with this. Hershey's mini bars, whatever they are, just like Hershey mini bars. I would say that would be top on my list. Yeah. Uh, no, blow pops. What, what is up with and people hot and hot tamales? Pops? I don't know. Would, I'm it, like, what? If it's on the list for top three in two states, you would think it'd be on the overall list. Wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, at least somewhere on there. I mean, it can't just be only popular in those two states. It's so strange to me. Uh, okay, we'll go around up to Michigan where Starburst is number one, Candy Corn number two, that <laughs> figures, um, and number three, Butterfinger. I love me some Butterfinger, cool too. List. I love Butterfingers. Yeah, they're pretty good. One thing I always love and no one else really talks about, a whatchamacallit. Whatchamacallits are good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And hundred grand. Now, yeah. Now I'm gonna have. Now we're gonna have to go get candy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, now you know Ohioans like blow pops more <laughs> than anything, and I would have never guessed that in a million years. M and M's and Starburst. So. Dylan does not like peanut M and M's. Now. Nope. Know. Not at all. Okay. All right. Well, I guess we got to get out of here for the day. Um, yeah, up to classes. Yay. Yay, Dylan gets to go to class. Woo! Humanities. Yay! It's so fun. So Two fun. hour long statistics. Make sure you get up to the Jackson City Library today, 6 p.m., um, and see Willard's presentation on his book. You'll get some cookies, you'll get some other things. So um, it'll be good. It'll be good. So, all right, we'll see you back here tomorrow. And we think we have some guests, but we don't know exactly who. So we'll see you then. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye.